Welcome to the RAB Poetry Podcast, where we bring you the stories behind the words, where every poem has a story behind it. Our podcast is a journey through the hearts and minds of poets as we delve into the inspirations, struggles, and triumphs that fuel their work. In each episode, we'll feature a poem, sharing the underlying stories and reciting the most powerful and moving pieces. From various poems on wide variety of topics and rising poets and authors, our podcast is the perfect companion for anyone who loves poetry and the power of words. Whether you're a seasoned poetry enthusiast or just getting started, you'll find something to love on the RAB Poetry Podcast. So tune in and let the stories of our poets take you on a journey of inspiration and emotion. Listen to the REB Poetry Podcast, available on all major platforms now. What's up, everybody? Yo. Yo. Hey, guys. It's uh, Wes, Hank, and Andy. And we are back once again with our latest episode of Fandom Power. This time, it's uh, apparently we're talking about seagulls. Maybe. Did you hear oh, that? yeah. Did you hear that? <laughs> wow. I keep forgetting it... you live like by the ocean. <laughs> I do live by the ocean. And it's hot as balls in my apartment today. So the... Uh... Uh... The balcony doors they're open trying to get in to cool off it's yeah <laughs> oh it's not cool in here <laughs> they'll usually they usually dissipate i can talk louder than seagulls most of the time that's fine i know it's a blaster show kitties but um oh you know it's i'm having a hard time not um, i i really want the new obi-wan saber oh so yeah bad. yeah the price so point bad. is a little mental um I, I, I'm even I'm, willing to go. I'm willing to go third party if it looks screen accurate. I, you yeah, know, um, absolutely. I don't know how you could have a kid who would want these and be able to to deal with that. <laughs> like, so I'm kind of glad that I'm a, I'm an adult. Uh, oh, it sounds good too. Yeah, it sounds. Oh God, I, I looks so good. There was a there was a comment the other day. I mean, San Diego Comic Con was this weekend, yes, it was. and uh, there was discussion about uh, they were talking about the Hasbro Force FX sabers, and I guess John Favreau had to come down to Hasbro and met with the lightsaber team and was marveling at how difficult they had a time making the dark saber prop, and he's like, "Wow, you guys got this into like a functional thing," mm-hmm. um, and there so they took that as sort of a badge of honor that they were able to to make the dark saber the the toy good enough for fabric yeah 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 it's a it's it's a high very high quality item um like i've i've got a few of like i've got the mall and the asajj ventresses are really nice they're of the new sort of caliber but yeah um the ones that were coming out 10 20 years ago like um these these things just killed them this is yeah. the first of yeah, the yeah. line that has a, a a rechargeable usb so yeah, batteries are yeah. no longer and i think they're going forward with that and they just uh, SD, SDCC, is that what it is? SDCC, uh, they just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's already on Amazon. It's crazy. Because I saw it and I was like, oh, I want that for my birthday. Uh, the Vader the saver. Oh, the, the, Vader no, the Vader Force Effects. And it's um, August 1st, 2023. Already oh. you can buy it on Amazon. For your oh. <laughs> just uh, You know, just as a segue before we get into tonight's uh, mm. stuff, have you pre-ordered uh, toys from Amazon before, either of you? Yes. Yes, um, but short, short distance. Do we talk about the reliability of Amazon on pre-orders? I don't know. <laughs> I I haven't I haven't gotten screwed yet. I did. You know what? I got screwed on. Uh, I have. Have you? Yeah, I oh screwed, yeah. I got screwed by Entertainment Earth. 
Amazon not, not uh, getting enough, uh, taking more pre-orders uh, pre than they had allocations. Hmm. It's not a new thing. So there, you know, I, I tend to stay away from Amazon unless it's an in-stock item because then you right. know, mostly yeah. I can get it within a couple of days, especially if Amazon's actually selling it. Um, yeah. Prime has been worth it. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Prime Day was awesome. I mean, I I probably wouldn't have pulled the trigger on the Boba Fett helmet there on the bottom of the screen. That's a sexy yeah, yeah. Nice. Or the the dark saber. Um, but Prime, you know, <laughs> even if it was negligible, seeing twenty percent off things, I just oh, okay, I always wanted that. So <laughs> so much going on over the weekend uh, in terms of uh, Star Wars and Marvel and. My God, so many other things like DC. I mean, uh, a whole whack of trailers came out yesterday. We got uh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, uh, Black mm. Adam. We got the new uh, She-Hulk trailer, which uh, everybody's kind of awesome. talking about. Uh, no one can stop talking about Charlie Cox's return yeah. as uh, Daredevil. In, uh, yes. She-Hulk attorney at law. Yeah, that yeah. last couple seconds caught me off guard and I was like, no. That's where Star Wars got, its, uh, got an actor hired for the Acolyte. Yes, uh, I can't think of her name. Oh, I had it this morning, now. but she's, she's uh, uh, Hunger Games. So uh, Hunger Games, yeah, yeah, yeah. And already the the fandom menace is in full swing. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, we haven't even gotten anything yet, nope. and you're already. Bleh, nope. She identifies as non-binary, and she's a person of color. Guaranteed, the uh, the toxic fandom is going to love it right yeah. off the hop. Yeah, yeah. Listen, guys, it's uh, Fandom Power. If you guys uh, were tuned into the last episode, you uh, you are aware that we took a look. Not as uh, deep a dive as we normally do with our review stuff, but we thought, yeah, let's do something a little less, uh, you know, less crunchy and a little more just kind of fun. And we we looked at, after the lightsaber episode, we thought, let's do some, let's talk about blasters. And yeah. So we did. These are an intricate part of world building. And the way they build well, them, it does lend to that you know, real world feel having revisited sort of the, uh, the ray guns of science fiction and seeing some of the, the lineage, uh, that got us to where we are in star Wars. I, I thought, you know, listen, if we're going to do, if we're going to do a new hope, then we should probably keep going and maybe look at some of the other, the other films out there. So this week we are, uh, we're going in on uh, the empire strikes back. So this is our, I guess we'll call it the second part of a, a multi-part series because how many films are there now in the, in the saga? Well, Nine lots. saga films <laughs> plus what? films and, and two, uh, uh, two, two standalone, uh, standalone stories. Yeah. Right. And then, right. Uh, the blasters of clone wars or <laughs> live action spinoff television series. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, it is, Phantom Power presents the Pew Pew Strikes Back as we uh, <laughs> going to take a look at the so uh, the blasters of uh, the Empire Strikes Back. You know, Empire comes out 1980. It's, uh, I mean, okay, apparently Star Wars is going to be a thing. Yep. <laughs> People like this uh, space stuff. We should probably mm-hmm. do more of that. And so they did. And uh, surprisingly, uh, to me anyway, at least uh, on the research part of this, there's a lot more new stuff going on in this movie than I realized. Well, the first one made money, so the studios would throw more money at the sequel. So they can yeah, also do a bit more expansive stuff rather than just recycling the first one. There is a, a certain amount of recycling in this, though, and, and we are going to touch on that. Well, um, for continuity's sake, you do need a little bit. There is. I mean, I and I've excluded the ones that are like, like I'm just going the E11, the Stormtrooper Blaster. I didn't bring it up again this week because standard issue. There's no, there's no change. There's no, there's no difference to the one we saw in A New Hope. So why, why go over that one again? True. Mm-hmm. But I did bring up Han Solo's blaster. It might change a bit. Well, as we mm-hmm. said last week, that thing changes all the time. We'll talk. That could be a whole show. I mean, uh, Han Solo's blaster. But this is the Pew Pew Strikes Back. And if you are just watching now, if you did not catch part one of uh, this series, let's just go back and revisit sort of the, uh, where are we at here? The blaster basics. All right, guys. Uh, blaster basics. So essentially... <laughs> Now, don't laugh at me because the science of Star Wars is serious stuff, folks. Absolutely. (laughs) 
again, you've got uh, essentially two uh, two things going on here to to make your your Star Wars blaster work. You've got uh, uh, a gas, and you've got a power source. And when the two of those items are mixed together in a component uh, that is called the exciter, you get uh, superheated plasma, which is then thrown out the barrel by magnetic induction. So essentially, all blasters uh, uh, function like a railgun. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. Like I said, it's going to be the uh, the blasters of the uh, the Empire Strikes Back. And uh, fun fact, eh? Um, there are women in the trenches on Hoth. Did you know that? I did mm-hmm. not. I did not know that either until I saw these uh, behind the scenes photos. Man, behind the scenes photos. You think you've seen it all. You think you're a fan, and then you see stuff you've never seen before. Yeah. And you you kind of go, man, I I I don't know as much, nearly as much as I think I do. <laughs> That's going to come up again this week, uh, some behind-the-scenes photos, because uh, they really do, uh, they they kind of pe- peel the veil back or pull the veil back on, like I said, the things you thought you knew, and then you realize, oh, there were some other ideas going on at the time that maybe they, they used or didn't use. Hmm. Well, there was one that came out of San Diego Comic-Con that I did not know. What's that? Uh, there is a behind-the-scenes photo from A New Hope, yep. and Luke and Obi-Wan are in the land speeder on their way to Mos Eisley. Oh, sure. And there is a dude in a pair of pink boxer shorts spiking or sporting a boom mic. <laughs> uh, somebody cosplayed him at San yeah. Diego Comic-Con. No oh, yeah. way. Pink, yeah. pink shorts guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pink shorts guy has been a thing. He's, uh, he's up there with the... Uh, the ice cream maker dude from uh from later on <laughs> from empire. In, uh, empire oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> that's good or uh the extra that got digitally edited out of the yeah out of the mandalorian jeans guy <laughs> at least somebody made an action figure for him first he tried at least he tried to hide himself he knew yeah. that he was like oh <laughs> i shouldn't be here when they're rolling <laughs> all right so Let's get right to it. Uh, I'm going to approach this one like we did with A New Hope. I'm going to try to start at the beginning of the movie, and we'll work our way through to the end, and we'll bring up all of the new blasters that uh, that come up. Chronologically. Um, we, might, we might revisit some of the other ones that we've seen before, but only because they are tied to specific characters that we can't not talk about. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right, so we get to our first one. Oh, I should guess get to our splash page. There's a quick look at uh, everything we're going to take a look at tonight. Everything from uh, one of Han Solo's uh, 49, 26, 54. I don't know how many freaking blasters that man's had, but he's a smuggler. He's got a case. For you him. know, uh, we're going to look at all the bounty hunter weapons. We're going to look at uh, one unique piece that uh, is not technically a blaster, but that is the uh, the uh, grapple gun that Luke used to uh, ascend up to the belly of the, uh, the AT-AT. You know, nice. like that old movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. This is an old familiar one here. We get to the, uh, oh, dear Lord, where am I going here? We get to the, uh, oh, wow, this is the DH-17. We did talk about this in the uh, the last episode because this was the one that was essentially the uh, fleet trooper, the rebel trooper blaster, uh, was also carried by some of the imperial, uh, the military, particularly officers. In this movie, uh, this one is carried by a lot of the troops, that are out in the trenches as well as, and I, I tried to get, it's so dark. You, it's very difficult to see, but, uh, on board the executor, there's a couple of, uh, of Imperial Navy troopers Hmm. who are actually carrying them. What's interesting about those Navy troopers too. Uh, we see them on the death star back in a new hope, um, in empire actually have the visors on their helmets down which is kind of right. cool. I wished I wish they'd had a, a clearer image of that cuz man it's it's a cool thing to look at. Of course the DH17, uh this one made by our our friends over at Blast Tech because I think that's the only company that makes guns in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Widely used by the Rebel Alliance especially aboard starships where close quarter fighting was likely to take place. The blaster is based on a casting of uh, British Sterling uh, L23A39 millimeter submachine gun. Well, here comes our first interesting point. Uh, so, in A New Hope, they were definitely that, but it looks like the ones that are used in uh, Empire are actually made from the Canadian variant, hmm. and mm-hmm. uh, you can tell the Canadian variant by the uh, squared uh, trigger guard, and uh, it's a much bigger trigger guard as well. Hmm. All right. 
So yeah, there's our uh, rebel troops. That's the battle of Hoth. Of course, the other side of that is uh, obviously the, um, uh, the empire. And of course, standard issue of the, uh, the Imperial stormtrooper is of course the uh, E 11. God, I thought I said I didn't cover this. <laughs> I guess I lied. I put this one together. It's not, it's rare that uh, we go to, to air without having a break in between. And I, I was kind of ahead of the curve on this one. I had the slides done a couple days ago. So <laughs> nice. All right. The E 11, of course, was a medium range rifle. That was the standard issue of the uh, stormtrooper core. Uh, it is an evolution of the DC 15, a blaster used by the army of the grand Republic. Hmm. And uh, just like the DH 17, the E 11 is also based on the uh, Sterling submachine gun. And of course, with the famous addition of the uh, Sherman tank gun sight, that's going to come up quite a bit uh, in this episode. Apparently they yeah. really like, they really, really like that site. Mm, um, they put it on a lot of stuff. Uh, in one case, I mean, they put like multiple, uh, a few of them on. <laughs> well, wasn't it Greedo's blaster in the last one that had multiple sites? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, Dr. Evazin's, uh, his, his, uh, his oh, blaster okay. carabine, whatever that uh, you don't really, you see it laying on the floor with yeah. the arm cut off. Right. Right. Uh, Leia fires this one. Lando fires this one. IG 88 is carrying one of these in his offhand. Oh, of course he's a droid. So does the droids have an offhand? I think so. Depends um, on the programming. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, yeah, again, so the uh, the the E11. All right, where are we at here now? Oh, <laughs> this is an interesting one. This is the uh, the blast tech, the A280. This is the rifle that we saw down in the trenches with the uh, the rebels. Uh, it was the standard uh, blaster rifle of the uh, Rebel Alliance. It was uh, widely used at both the Battle of Hoth. Uh, and its variant, the uh, A280C, was used by rebel commandos at the Battle of Endor. And I know we're not really talking about Return of the Jedi tonight, but there's a couple points I had to bring it up because mm -hmm. they're just too interesting not to uh, to keep them together. Now, this blaster, more than any of the other blasters that we're going to talk about tonight, has endured the most changes from uh, Legends uh, to the new Disney canon. So originally this was actually designated as the A295 and there's no, uh, there's no clear reason why in the new canon, why they changed the name to the, the A280. Hmm. Nevertheless, though, uh, through the Star Wars Battlefront uh, 2 video game and its accompanying uh, canon novel Twilight Company, that is the way it is. It is no longer the A295, it is the A280. Um, and the funny thing is we're supposed to believe that... Uh, these two guns, the A280 and the A2C, A280C, are the same guns when really they're not. <laughs> and that's no. where I'm like, oh, I can't not not say that. I have to talk about that because the A280s that we see in the Empire Strikes Back are actually built. Uh, these are built from the casting of a World War II era German uh, assault rifle, the STG 44. Mm -hmm. And then the A280C, which we're supposed to believe is the same rifle used by the commandos is actually built off an old M16 platform. So um, you can see the lineage there, but they are de the base yeah, guns. Yeah. They are absolutely yeah. not the same gun. One was made the, in America. One the was made A280, in Germany. The A280C in the battlefront game is a, a sniper variant. Sure. Sure. It gets, well, it, it's going to get a little bit more convoluted here because um, there are, uh, there are two more variations of this rifle. There's the 280, CFE, that's the convertible pistol that Cassian Andor uses. Mm -hmm. When you put the buttstock and the barrel extension on, it is a 280C or a 280CFE. And then there's another shot of, uh, there's a, one of the rogues, one of the troopers, not, uh, not any of the named cast, but a trooper by the name of, um, dear Lord, what's his name? Uh, Private Yosh Califor. He uses an A300. So here's here's my point though. We had the A295 back in Legends. The new cannon comes along. We take the same gun and we rename it the A280. Hmm. Then we add three more guns in that family, and for some reason we've skipped right over the 295 designation, went right to 300. <laughs> like why wouldn't they just reuse the number on one of these other variants? Yeah, so as not to confuse people. I don't know. 
Does anybody that, else feel like they've element. fired all these weapons because of the Battlefront games? <laughs> 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 Just used to them all. I'm like, well, I know how that one kicks. and I You know, know how they handle. <laughs> it's funny. It's really funny. Anybody else know what it's like to get fragged by a 10-year-old? This one is spread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I, I will hand it to uh, the Battlefield game, though. They really did. I I I did not play it heavily. I played it enough to know that I would never play it multiplayer because I just could not do it. <laughs> um, but I agree. You did get sort of a, a feel for... I, I really enjoyed the sound, uh, the sounds in that uh, game. Mm. I, f- I, I felt very much... I still play it quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's every gun is unique. And that's one of the coolest things about it is they all kind of react differently. They're different, you know, good for different situations or just having your favorite. It's kind of fun to have a wide breadth. A lot of the uh, imagery that I used uh, in last week's, uh, in our previous episode, and to some degree in this episode, um, those digital renderings, they're beautiful. And uh, because they're, they're, they're easy to, they have the most detail. Some of the imagery that we used are from the, uh, from the video game. So not everything that we're going to look at tonight is screen used. All right. Where are we going to next? Oh, okay. Let's get this one right out of the way because we're still on Hoth. So let's talk about this bad boy right here. <laughs> Han Solo, Han Solo and his blast tech DL 44 heavy bla- uh, blaster pistol. Like you said before, the DL-44 is considered to be one of the most blast, uh, most powerful blaster pistols in existence, and uh, that punch does not sacrifice any accuracy, which makes the DL-44 one of the most popular uh, guns with both government and uh, private citizens. Now, this is not the first, mm-hmm. not the second, but this is the third DL-44 that is used by Han Solo on screen. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, All three of them are based on the the Mauser C96 uh, pistol. Now the different, the main difference in this one is that it does not have the, the vented uh, muzzle like the hero prop from a new hope. And it's not the Greedo killer because the Greedo killer has the standard uh, C96 barrel with like that. I don't know what you call it there. That uh, I don't know that horn on the end, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so not the Greedo killer. Not the hero prop from A New Hope. This is a third uh, DL-44. Now, that begs the question. Does he just like these guns that he has an assortment of them? Or are we supposed to believe that he's been tinkering back and forth with it? Could well, he, t- he tinkers with the Falcon. So why wouldn't he tinker with his why weapon? Not? Yeah, uh, that yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, He carries this one throughout uh, Empire. And I think he carries this one also in uh, in Jedi. By the time we get to the Force Awakens, he's gone back to a, a version of the hero prop from A New Hope. Hmm. So yeah, I'm of the opinion that he just likes it enough that he's got a few of them. Yeah, yeah that's probably cool. grabbed a case of them and keeps it aboard the Falcon. We're talking about that uh, Sherman tank site that um, was on the E11 Stormtrooper blaster. It's the same one on this one. Let's <laughs> <laughs> buy a bunch of them up. We'll use. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. All right, I got here's the next. Here's a little fun fact for you guys. This, and and when I say this, I mean the image that we're using tonight. This is the prop that we're talking about. This is a a resin casting that was screen used, believed to be the the one that was used in the scene, the dinner scene on uh, Cloud City that Vader pulled from his hand. Hmm. This blaster sold at an auction uh, in 2013 for uh, $200,000. Oh, man. Yeah. What's that now dollars like? mill too i don't know uh 2013 would it be that much inflation i don't know what the appreciation is on that but uh it was a lot (laughs) it was a lot all right let's uh we're sticking on we're still at hoth here the battle is raging all around us and we we get to touch in here with uh, luke skywalker who crashes his uh his uh, t-47 uh airspeeder uses the uh what is this here this is luke's grapple gun there's no real designation for this so i've just called it luke's grapple gun mm-hmm. luke skywalker's grapple gun is a one-off prop with uh no canonical references couldn't find anything in the canon to really uh really talk about what this is or where it's from like it's not clear if it was part of the airspeeder like like in an aircraft if you have a crash you'd, your airplane would have a crash kit Mm-hmm. Yes. So I mean, there's no, there's no like 
it's not clear. Is this part of the T-47's crash kit, or is this something that Luke packed himself? Eh, it comes standard issue. I don't shark I'm, shark shark bat repellent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just had it there. I'm inclined to believe that it was packed in as part of the the crash kit for the the speeder. To be honest, but uh, also not a lot of great uh, images for this that I could find online. The image that we're looking at of the the grapple gun is actually the accessory from the Hot Toys action figure. Nicely done, <laughs> sir. Now this is a cool one. I I mean this. I really like this. I think it's super cool. The grappler is actually based on an old British uh, flamethrower handle. The uh, the life buoy style flamethrower. The life buoy gets its name because the uh, round tank that the soldiers had to wear on their back looked like a life ring, hmm. like that you would throw in the water. Yeah, life mm-hmm. buoy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's your fun fact uh, for the uh, the the grapple gun. The uh, this unit, the life buoy flamethrower, carried 18.2 liters of fuel, had a maximum of, a maximum range of uh, 36 and a half meters or 40 yards, meaning that uh, it could actually hit the uh, the belly <laughs> of an ADAT because crazy. the ADAT is only like what? Uh, oh, it's not that tall. What are we getting here today? We got uh, oh, we've got just a crazy uh, no-nonsense comment from uh, Twitch coming in who's just trying to spam us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not even going to give you the, uh, the, uh, the yeah. No 15 minutes for you. Nope, not even two seconds for you. Moving on. Yes. On to our next one. <laughs> Look familiar? Yes. Okay, let me just go back here a couple seconds because we just, just looked at this. This is Han Solo's DL-44 that we just talked about. Right. And uh, this is not a DL-44. No, no, no. no. <laughs> this is the Mersan Model 57. Maybe it's like iPhone and Samsung. Well, yeah, we're going to we're going to steal from everybody. We talked about this in the last episode that Merson, the company, had actually knocked off the DL44 several uh, different ways. This is uh, one of them. The Merson 57 is a a heavy pistol. It was actually uh, designed, knocked off to compete with the DL44. Most of the success uh, of this gun uh, comes from the, the fact that it is a much uh, lower powered version, at, which makes it legal, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to the DL44, which is widely considered to be illegal in the Star Wars universe because it is just too powerful. All right. So visually, um, so a bunch of politicians are carrying around illegal firearms all the time. <laughs> all They're the supposed time. to be moral. There really is like almost no visual differences, like nothing discernible to like the the casual fan uh, between these two guns to set them apart. Yeah, the barrel might be a little bit short, uh, shorter, a little bit mm. shinier. But this one is also based on that German uh, Mauser C ninety six. Now, this one's kind of cool. Um, Mark Hamill, this this isn't the actual prop that he used, but the prop that he carried. Believe it or not, Mark Hamill went on uh, British television. He went on a show called Jim Will Fix It, hmm. where it's basically a, a kid's show that was uh, focused on granting kids' wishes. Hmm. And this young boy who's only identified as Daniel uh, basically had wanted to have a picnic with Luke Skywalker. Aww. And so the show made arrangements in 1980 for Mark Hamill in costume to have a picnic with this kid and they filmed it and oh, uh, Mark Hamill gifted this pistol to that boy. <laughs> Fast forward to uh, 2016 and that pistol came up for auction. Um, it had an, an opening bid of 200,000 and in, uh, I could not find any information for whether or not it sold. Hmm. I could find the listing for the auction, but the listing said that there were no bids. And it, so it was either withdrawn or it just did not sell. Huh. It's probably cheaper but, to buy a Mauser and modify it yourself. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Like, do you, do you get a Mauser? Do you get a replica Mauser? Do you try and find like a, a, an airsoft version? Is there an airsoft version? Maybe. So even that, I mean, we've talked about Adam Savage's tested before. Yeah. Um, they, they've talked about this. They've talked about doing a DL44 build and they were discussing how difficult it was to get a hold of even a replica because you couldn't get a getting a real scene uh, uh c96 was not impossible 
Yeah. Now even it's, getting a replica was Yeah. No no easy feat. Turn to the world of 3D printing. Well, there is that too. But is the 3D So here I like 3D printing. I think it's awesome. It's made uh, a lot of stuff that I think is super cool, way more accessible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is a 3D printed blaster, you know, does it have the same fidelity as something that's been put together, you know, from the various pieces that, you know, the prop makers have gone out and found, like the muzzle flash and the, getting the right scope and making sure that all the greeblies are the 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 right electronic bits or the the proper model kit pieces, like is there well, not, the same nothing will ever you know trump the original stuff for sure no but uh, in terms of having an affordable i could put this on my shelf and uh, lie to my friends if i want <laughs> in in terms of that um, yeah. i think it's it the tech is great because it, it like you said it makes something so two hundred thousand dollars inaccessible makes yeah. it yeah. accessible to uh to the average person and uh i know it's on our short list of things to purchase a 3d printer cool yeah very cool if you're interested in seeing that clip by the way the the mark hamill clip with the young boy um it is on youtube and i've actually put the uh, link to that video uh is in the description of this one so you'll be able to check that out after you've watched this one nice yeah all right let's move on we're gonna move on now we're getting to uh where are we going here oh yeah so we leave hoth and uh well the heroes split up that uh luke goes off to uh dagobah where everybody else Runs off to uh, Cloud City. This brings us to uh, uh, the Relby K23. This is another one from Blast Tech, also referred to as the Stinger Pistol. This one was carried by the Bespin Wingguard. Now, according to Legends lore, the bolts from the Stinger Pistol had a minimal dispersion, which resulted in excruciating pain when someone was hit with one. Um, it was also known to have a faulty safety mechanism. <laughs> Now, the Relby K23 is made from uh, a, a, a Nemrod Galleon pneumatic spear gun. Nice. Yeah, literally made out of a spear gun that they basically cut down and they added some extra greeblies to. Nemrod Industries was formed in Spain in 1945 uh, and exclusively manufactured diving spear guns. Uh, first, the uh, spring-loaded ones, and then they advanced to uh, pneumatics. Um, in 1953, uh, between 1970 and 1980, they were actually one of the largest manufacturers of diving gear. But after a period of decline, um, the brand disappeared in 1990, never to be seen again. I wonder if Jaws had anything to do with that. I don't know. Oh, no, maybe scared a lot of people out of the ocean, dude. Scared me in my swimming pool in the backyard. <laughs> I can't go swimming alone because if I can't turn my head around and look, behind, oh no, I don't like toilets. <laughs> so, you talk about the greeblies here for a second. Uh, this one was kind of neat. The, the some of the dressing on this, they are model kit parts. Uh, some of them are a V8 car engine, uh, parts off of an F4 Phantom jet. And uh, that that thing on the side with the three holes in it, that's a plastic coffee stir stick. Oh, I love it. I love <laughs> it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It ever works. I think it's cool. It's definitely one of the more, uh, I don't know, sci-fi-ish looking models. Does this not harken back to, uh, you know, kind of Flash Gordon? The ray gun, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, rem- yeah. it reminds me of the uh, the Phantom Menace pistols, like the like those holdout blasters, the yeah. silver ones. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, Padme's a uh, little, little blaster yeah. pistol. Hmm. All right. Well, Cloud City, we get our first, uh, I guess we get a look at, uh, get a look at this guy. Oh, yeah. It's our man, Boba. Boba sporting the uh, EE3 carbine. It's a, a short, lightweight carbine. This one is capable of uh, single shots as well as a uh, burst fire was designed for law enforcement and private security forces, but the low price and high performance made it uh, popular with certain other professions. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Now, according to Legends lore, this, uh, the EE-3 was actually modeled after the E-11. Yeah, it's a Stormtrooper blaster. Yeah, it's like an in-universe modification. Well, this is, and this brings me to what we talked about this earlier this in the week. It's not based on the same out-of-universe weapon <laughs> at all. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, the EE-3, first of all, and there's 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 two versions, uh, and yeah. I put them up, I've put them both up here because it is more than just a simple, 
oh, did we get a repaint? That's no, what we no, had no. talked about in the chat earlier. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's almost um, a completely different gun. It's the same base gun, but the dressings are just so much different, right? Drastically. Um, the EE3 is based on the Webley and Scott number one, Mark one, 37 millimeter flare gun. Now, uh, these flare guns were manufactured between 1914 and uh, 1918, specifically for the Royal Flying Corps. Hmm. And after World War One, many of them were sold as surplus to various police agencies in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Empire Strikes Back, uh, Boba's EE3 is dressed with a, uh, <laughs> a Highland flash handle as uh, a muzzle. Highland flash handle. Andy, I think you know a little bit about those. A little bit, yeah. Um, that's You have a Highland I flash do. handle. We were talking about that on the lightsaber episode. That's awesome. Strangely enough, it's... Multiple. Yeah, <laughs> it makes a, a muzzle. Uh, a Highland flash handle, as well as a, uh, a 4x20 uh, rifle scope uh, of Japanese make. And there are several several Japanese scopes out there that sort of fit the bill for which one this is. So I can't tell you specifically what the maker is on that. Mm. Now you get to the return of the Jedi version and it's got the same T rails as uh, the Skywalker lightsaber. It's got um, the same scope, but now the scope has been lowered. It's been pushed back on the barrel and believe it or not, it's been mounted backwards. Mm -hmm. They've turned it around. Is this going back to the Han Solo thing? I know there's, I asked you earlier in the week, Hank, if there was a, a, that you knew of in the comic books, is there a canonical explanation for why the change between empire and Jedi? Uh, And I couldn't find anything. I know that he's always tinkering with his gear, you know? So I, I, and at the time I had sort of just blanket statements that he probably just painted it, but it's way more than a painting uh, clearly. Uh, And like we know now we know he's constantly working on his armor. Right. Yep. You yep. know that he's he's updating it. He's painting it. He's you know fixing it. Blah blah blah. So it, it would make the same sort of sense that he's always working on his ship. He's always working on, and it, it lends itself to like that that um, that idea that he's like a loner uh, and he's got to customize his gear himself. And he's very you know uh, he's a master of his own weapons, his own ship, his own armor. Oh, yeah. it sort of lends that. To, I'd be curious though. Did you guys cover? Um, because I, I I was out of the the fold uh, obviously last week. Yeah. It, which which version of this is he rocking in the in the special edition of A New Hope? That's a good question. question. That is a very good question. You know what? We've got time. You want to let's take a look at that. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up. Let's see if I can get a screen grab of that. I can't let's navigate go. away. That's okay. You stay where you are. I'm gonna look this up right now. Boba Fett. Because he's like literally holding it in the scene, right? That's true. That's very true. Special edition. So we can see if he kind of switches back and forth. I'm very curious to see what the uh, what the result is on that. Here we go, everybody. Here's there the we go. There's the one that he's <laughs> hanging on to in the special edition. Now, to me, that, that is like the that's the Jedi, Jedi version. Yeah, it does yeah. Man, huh? So there's a, there's a practical reason, um, and it's not, you know, this isn't written in stone, but uh, practically speaking, the idea was that they knew that this weapon was going to feature a whole lot more in Return of the Jedi than it did in Empire, that there were going to be like serious close-up shots, mm-hmm. particularly when Luke cuts the barrel off, and so they wanted well, to have like a hero prop. For right, that. yeah, yeah. And there's a, you know, if they did less sort of work to the original weapon for, you know, they might've added that fancy barrel just for that scene where it gets cut off. You maybe, know, like, maybe, but that's become the default. I mean, uh, man, I don't have an action figure in front of me. I couldn't even tell. I have the oh, wave. I have the wave one. I have the wave one Boba Fett black series figure all the way back from what? 2013 somewhere in there. I'd be curious to know what he's carrying. Cause I actually think it's that. Oh, <laughs> throwing his jetpack. You guys see that? Oh, so that that's the Jedi one as well. It is the Jedi one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting. I didn't want to spend like a whole lot of time on it, but it was like, wait a minute. There's enough here to talk about that we yeah. you have to look at them and go, wait a minute. 
one of these things is not and so like the uh, the other question i guess for me now is if we want to do some more live editing is that, what is he rocking in the book of boba fett it's absolutely the jedi one it is the jedi uh, one. and i think it's actually got uh, a different colored uh i think it's got more of a wood tone on the buttstock right there we go let's see uh real world explanation they probably lost it between the two that's entirely possible well because Cobb Vance doesn't have his weapons right he just has the armor just the armor he's not rocking the Relby the Relby must have been in Slave 1 or sorry the EE3 got my gun mixed up with Bosk well that's not a great photo because you can't really see it that's too small yeah it is absolutely the Jedi version but there's some minor differences here it is a it is a a very much a, a wooden it's not painted black. It's definitely wood tones on the buttstock. Right. And the right. scope seems to have moved Which forward is more again. Yeah. reminiscent of the uh, the Empire. The, like It looks like a wood stock in the Empire. Yeah, uh, version. it really yeah. does. Yeah. Well, there you go. That is your uh, EE3 carbine. Man, we do see it again uh, in uh, canonically. One of the bounty hunters is carrying one in uh, Clone Wars. Hmm. And it's almost like a, there's a callback because the barrel gets cut off <laughs> by a lightsaber. All right, we're moving on here. Let's move on. All right, if we're going to talk about bounty hunters, we might as well stay with the whole clan here and start talking about the other guys. Um, man, sometimes movie making or prop making can be pretty downright lazy. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is one of those cases where, yeah, it's pretty lazy. Yeah. This is the, the Vulcan uh, 38. Uh, the Vulcan uh, 38 is the, uh, the the gun that was carried by uh, Dengar. And, uh, oh my gosh, where am I here? Uh, yeah, so the, <laughs> yes, used by the bounty hunter Dengar, who carried it in his uh, hunt for the Millennium Falcon, as well as a bunch of other, other things. The Vulcan 38 is based on the German MG42 machine gun. Uh, that machine gun went into production in 1942, and uh, it was intended to be a cheaper, easier uh, weapon to produce as a replacement for the MG34, hmm. which we saw in last week's episode. That was the uh, Sand Trooper uh, blaster, mm-hmm. and we're going to mm-hmm. see it again this week because somebody else is carrying one. Iggy. <laughs> for the Empire Strikes Back, uh, it appears that Dengar's Vulcan 38 is nothing more than an all-black <laughs> MG42 with nothing but the bipod and the front sight removed. Yeah. Just they run over to the World War II uh, lockers and grab something. That's yeah. right. Just get, this guy doesn't look tough enough. Old guns. Yeah. Well, they're spending all that time revamping Boba Fett's and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honestly, though, for me, for when I was a kid, it was really when the the guns started to be different. Like, yeah. you know um there's i think maybe there was three because luke and and uh, uh at least the pilot luke and han both came with the dl44 looking thing and, yeah and the, yeah that's right the the power 57 is very close in in, in canon anyway but yeah um you know and then you had the little e11s and then you had the uh but it was really when you got to the the bounty hunter line. They uh, had different guns, yeah. Where you, and you uh, and and I mean, and they were spot on. They were very close. Anyway, IG eighty eight more than anybody else. I think. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, excellent. You know, weapons and stuff. And then you know there was Admiral Ackbar's stick. Uh, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Everybody <laughs> traded in their guns for sticks. For sticks. Nadine gets a stick. Perfect. <laughs> So early production images actually showed uh, Dengar carrying an MG42 with the butt removed. Um, but for actual uh, production, they actually they put it back on. All right. And then uh, fast forward to uh, 2017's Star Wars Battlefront 2. We're introduced to the Vulcan 38X. And you know what? It was interesting enough that I thought, hey, let's do a bonus slide. <laughs> Speaking of the Vulcan 38X. Here's the Vulcan 38X, which, hey, just like uh, what was the previous one there that we looked at, mm. this one is an amalgamation of two different real-world uh, guns that are put together. This one uses the barrel from the aforementioned uh, MG42 uh, with the bipod, but it uses the receiver and the buttstock from the German FG42 automatic rifle. That handle is really that. swooped back. Eh? Isn't it, though? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the FG42 was uh, made in 1942. It was exclusive to uh, German paratroopers. Hmm. Yeah. 
used right up to the end of World War II. That'd but be yeah, a heavy so, weapon. I mean, <laughs> that'd be a heavy weapon to jump with. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Automatic rifle, not a not a machine gun, though. I guess. No. Yeah. It still looks cool. I'm surprised that the that the Battlefront 2 game, like, where did they get like they must have had access to stuff that we don't know about? Of course. Because I mean, this is a Vulcan 38, and yet so is this. Mm. Uh they're not the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, absolutely. Is it a case uh, of we just couldn't get access Dengar's to Dengar is not even a playable character, so you don't even have the Vulcan in the in Battlefront 2 at least, right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we're still we're going to stick with Dengar because, hey, why not? We're still with him. Uh, we talked about this last week uh, in our Ponda Baba slide. Yes. So Dengar uh, is carrying a sidearm, uh, and it's uh, this is a case of, like, this is maybe one of the most famous Star Wars guns you've never saw. <laughs> because it just doesn't show up um but if you know where to look it's there right mm-hmm. this is the dl uh, 21 this is another one from blast tech it is a standard blaster pistol that uses a flared muzzle to create a scattered energy charge like a modern shotgun Ooh. the dl 21 is cut down uh from the armalite it's a cut down armalite ar7 explorer rifle this is a 22 caliber takedown rifle that was marketed as a survival gun for campers and backpackers because of the compact size. When broken down, the receiver, the magazine, excuse me, and the barrel could all store inside the buttstock. Right. And uh, for uh, for Star Wars, the gun was fitted with the tail section of a British two-inch mortar round. Oh. <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you get that flared uh, um, back yeah. end of it. Yeah, I see it now. Yeah, so Ponda Baba carried one of these uh, holstered in the cantina scene, as I said in our last episode. If you go back and watch that sequence uh, with Ponda Baba and uh, Cornelius Ivazin up against the bar, you can see that uh, in on his hip, mm. and you can see the behind-the-scenes photos. Uh, there's a test shot when they still had Ponda Baba with his uh, flipper hands. They used a flipper hand in the cutoff arm, and that is the blaster laying on the floor. Mm-hmm. It's also Dengar's uh, sidearm. I wonder if it's the same blaster reused. Just throw that in the holster. So Ponda Baba's DL21 uh, has a different handle. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, we had a photo of that in our uh, in last uh, last week's episode. Yeah, go back and check it out, folks. All right, moving on. We're going to stick with the bounty hunters, though. Moving on to IG88, mm. and uh, there he is. This time it's the uh, the Blast Tech, the DLT20A. Yet uh, another long blaster used by the Galactic Empire, as well as some private citizens bounty hunter droid uh, ig88 carried the pulse cannon version of this the dl20a in addition to an e11 blaster rifle Uh, these pulse cannons were the preferred weapon of many sharpshooters during the galactic civil war now according to legends lore the dl20 dlt20a was one of a few blasters with a magnetic adhesion grip which made it difficult to disarm from the wielder especially if that wielder well, is uh if your wielder is a droid <laughs> <laughs> how cool is that yeah that's pretty cool all right well this one takes some cues from the vulcan 38x that we just looked at in the sense that there's another one that they've cobbled together from two completely different weapons and said okay star wars gun um although likely it's a casting because the barrel on that that machine gun would never it would never fit on that rifle. Mm-hmm. Make it fit. Yeah, yeah. This time it's the receiver from uh, the German STG-44, which we've already seen in the Rebel uh, the Rebel Blaster. Yep. So the STG-44 assault rifle and the barrel from the famous Browning 30 caliber M1919 machine gun, as well as some other embellishments uh, and a scope. Um, embellishments that I couldn't really identify. <laughs> hey, fun fact here. Legends uh, fan favorite character Dash Rendar apparently carried one of these. Mm, crazy. Can't find an image of him carrying one, but apparently he did. All right. Uh, what do we got here? We got one more uh, bounty hunter. No, we got two more bounty hunters we're going to talk about. Mm. All right. This is the Relby V10 mortar gun that is carried by uh, the Trend Ocean bounty hunter Bosk, also known as the Relby V10 micro grenade launcher was a simple lightweight weapon of uh, 
uh, capable of delivering a micro grenade cartridge with pinpoint accuracy up to 200 meters. The weapon worked on a magnetic ring system to propel the grenade, and it was virtually silent, making the uh, the Relby V10 a popular stealth weapon. 100% my favorite weapon in Battlefront 2. Is it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love playing Bosk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So not only did Bosk carry one of these, but his father, his father, uh, Kredosk, also carried one of these. Hmm. Now, this one is based on uh, on the uh, Webley Shermuli multipurpose gun. This was a riot, uh, a riot gun, 37 millimeter break open riot gun capable of firing a, a variety of munitions, which included obviously gas grenades. But with an insert, it could actually fire shotgun rounds. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was made uh, by the British during the 1960s um, and is still used today in some countries. Hmm. Now we're talking about that uh, Sherman tank gun sight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they put two of them on here. Of <laughs> <laughs> Can't go There's wrong. Two of them on there. See, twice is good. All right. Um, again, I you know, didn't want to bring up a lot of stuff that we'd already talked about, but I thought, you know what? Why not? Um, only because you can't not talk about the bounty hunters. This is uh, the DLT 19. This is the Sand Trooper. One of the Sand Troopers carried these back in A New Hope. But mm-hmm. um, for LOM, the uh, droid bounty hunter is also carrying one of these dlt 19 heavy blaster rifle was used by the galactic empire carried by heavy weapons stormtroopers it offers uh, far heavier power firepower than the standard e11 and uh, this is the basically the mg34 <laughs> yeah yeah um Painted, painted black. black. <laughs> One of those lazy builds. I yep, see an yep, old yep. gun and I want it painted black. Painted black. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it really difficult to try and come up with fun stuff to talk about because it's like, wow, they just really kind of went, <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of an ebony or a, or a midnight black. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Now, I don't know where this stands in, in the canon right now, but uh, at one point it was said that uh, the now, whether I don't know if this is all DLT 19s or just the one that Forlom uses, but it is said to be able to fire electromagnetic pulses on top of regular blaster bolts. Ooh. So I guess that's kind of cool if you're a and uh, against droid, uh, yeah uh, against droid droids or or tanks or like yeah you know, tech? ground uh, yeah ground tech if you yeah. want to bring in your target alive. That's entirely true. Yeah, yeah. All right, and then that brings us to you know the the weirdest one of the entire <laughs> notice there's no real world counterpart for this because mm-hmm. nobody knows all right we're looking at the grs1 snare rifle this is the one carried by uh, zakas it is a non-lethal weapon that uh, caused absolutely no damage instead the grs1 fired a stun or a shock spray as well as a liquid spray net to immobilize uh, any targets now, for Empire, the GRS-1 was likely a custom one-off prop. Um, it uses an unidentified bolt-action rifle, um, as well as some kind of fixed rifle magazine. But there's also an unidentified pistol magazine seated right in front of it that nobody seems to be able to identify. Yeah. Certainly not me. I'm not a gun guy, so... Um. Yeah, I have no idea what this is made from. Uh, the people over at uh, the Replica Prop Forum, who are a wealth of knowledge, don't really know what it's made out of either. In fact, uh, these this photo actually comes from uh, uh, one of their builds. And uh, one of the comments I read over there was, I've pretty much decided that I could make it from whatever I want, and it was still <laughs> be okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Cobbled to give her from leftovers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it'd be cool to put these two up side by side. Uh, remember when uh, the Kenner toy line came out and uh, Zuckus and Forlom, their names got reversed. Yep. So I, I put them up here together because it's cool to note that the, the LOM protocol droids were actually made to look like their servant race, which is the Gand species of mm-hmm. which uh, Zuckus is a Gand. They were meant to serve his species. So no surprise, yep. they they team up quite a bit. Did you uh, pick up the uh, two pack with the uh, cards? I did not. Original uh, misnaming on the cards? I did not. 
There's a couple more I can't open for God's sakes. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're gonna re- you're gonna have a real hard time if we decide to do a bunch of toy openings. <laughs> um, I've already filmed two that I'm I'm kind of edit together, but I, oh, cool, I very cool that unboxing thing, very very cool. I did the dark saber and the Boba Fett helmet. So all right, nice. Well, guys, this is takes us this is taking us through um, the rebels. The Imperials, all of the bounty hunters were pretty much at the end of the list of all of the stuff that you probably expected to see. But you guys want another bonus? Yes. Mm. All right. Bonus, bonus. This is one that comes right out of the same vein as our slide with uh, Ponda Baba from last week's episode. In, uh, do you guys remember the uh, Star Wars uh, customizable card game? Oh, yes. do I? Yeah. So it ran from uh, 1995 to 2001. In the December 1999 um, uh, uh, expansion pack, uh, what was it called? It was called Cloud City Enhanced. This card showed up in that expansion pack, and uh, that's Lando Calrissian. Clearly, he's uh, at Cloud City, and it and it shows him carrying a blaster pistol that uh, we never see him carry in the film. We don't see it in the film. So unlike Ponda Baba, who like, yes, we, we know he doesn't really carry it. But if you look at the right scene, he's actually carrying it, even though it's not the gun laying on the floor. Yeah. This gun does not show up in Empire at all. Hmm. However, if you think it looks familiar to you, anybody? It looks Blade Runner-y to me. <laughs> well, wait for it. If you think you've seen this gun before, you did. Because it's the same gun that General Calrissian would carry in return of the Jedi. Oh, huh. crazy. Yeah. So, and that's like what, three years later. <laughs> mm. <A> fleet officer <laughs> pistol. Crazy. That's the, so this is the thing. There's no designation for this gun. There's no like, you know, uh, alpha numerical designation. The, the best I could come up with is it's just referred to as the fleet officer pistol. Hmm. The fleet officer pistol is, uh, essentially has no canonical or legend reference info at all. But it is based on uh, Heckler and Koch uh, P9S, which is a nine millimeter pistol that was produced between uh, 1969 and 1978. Hmm. And that, my friends, is a look at the blasters of the Empire Strikes Back. Pew, 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 pew. (laughs) You guys like this content? uh, Please do let us know. Uh, Hit us up in the the comment section of our videos, whether it's uh, over on YouTube or here on uh, Facebook, Twitter, or any of the other places that we uh, that we stream to. There's a good chance we're going to keep this rolling. We've got uh, several several uh, films to comb through, and uh, I don't know. Do you guys like this? Do you do you guys like doing this? this Seeing the the yeah, real world, the real world uh, uh, comparison to the the fictional. I mean, there's neat. there there's potential for a one show that's not star wars because we're not just a star wars show <laughs> but there's a potential to get into the sci-fi web like i do a blanket show yeah yeah, and yeah. sort of pick you know because like like i just said that blade runner gun which mm-hmm. i know is supposed to be earth 2019 but which is that, also oof. the most uh the the most as a film prop it is the highest selling uh uh sci-fi prop i think in history really nice. yeah yeah i'll have to find nice. the number but it's it's big it is big. We did talk about sort of the evolution of sci-fi weapons in our, in our last episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. we could have, we could have picked on any one of those and, and spent more time with it, but I mean, we do a lot of star Wars here. So, I mean, if this is something that you guys like and, and Hank and Andy, if you uh, enjoy doing this uh, with me, I'm yeah. uh, more than happy to keep going. We'll do another one. I guess uh, we're up to what it'd be uh return of the pew pew. Return of the pew pew. Excellent. I'm down. I almost feel like we shorted it. We 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 uh we we cheated ourselves out of a name for the first, <laughs> for the first one by using the 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 blaster the story. blaster story. Oh, it's okay. We'll make up for it. All right, guys. Well, listen. Uh, I don't have anything else. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to close on? No, this is it's a great idea, and it really realistically was sparked by a fan. Uh, yeah, it was just yeah, like, yeah. Tell us about lightsabers. You guys ever do that? And we're like, Okay, yeah, sure, um, let's do it. I mean, and you know, and this has the potential to, I mean, let, let, let's talk about ships, let's talk about, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, uh, the, the ground transports. So we could go absolutely crazy in just the tech 
Just yeah, the tech. Absolutely. Utility belts episode, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, guys, that's it for me here at Phantom Power. So um, we'll be back soon. I don't know when, but we'll be back soon. We'll see you on the next video. So until then, my name is Wes. I'm Andy. I'm Hank. We'll catch you on the next one, guys. Bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Fandom Power. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll be talking about another one of your favorite fandoms. Fandom Power is a Sawcast production. <laughs>